Guess what? It's time for making kayfabe with your hosts, Bryce and Dylan. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another bombastic episode of Making Kayfabe. It's your favorite show on the internet that's about professional wrestling, where me and my friend Bryce go back through the history of professional wrestling, and we rewrite it in our own image because we are egotists and we think it's really cool. That's a perfect description of us. That's perfect. Right, but also because there's been so many mistakes and, and screw-ups in the history of, of wrestling, and we think some people deserve better storylines or better treatment, and we just wish it could have all ended a bit differently. So that's what we're here to do. We're here to enlighten you all with our own perspective on the pro wrestling world. We're here to give you a happy ending. And boy, Hardy, will we ever. <laughs> you will not be disappointed once we're finished with you. you You're going to be happy. We're gonna we're gonna touch your penis. Yeah, we're gonna, <laughs> what? <laughs> right? We're gonna reach right out the podcast and uh, yeah. Okay. We're gonna go to your house. Why why are we why are we here today, Dylan? Oh, <laughs> oh, for a different. Okay. Well, you know what we're gonna do. I am going to tell you a little story. Last week you told us a little story about Mordecai. Yes. The, the wonderful Mordecai, and Mordecai, of course was later known as Kevin Thorne in ECW whenever the WWE rebranded and brought ECW on to be like a third brand. Watered down version, yeah. Yeah, and it was kind of like their NXT where some of their newer wrestlers would come and get a little bit of exposure on on ECW. For example, Kevin Thorne, you know, Mm. he'd been in Mordecai for a, a cup of coffee and then he was in FCW. So then he came up to ECW. To kind of prove himself. So what I'm going to do is tell you a story about ECW, the WWE edition. What I'm going to talk about today, one specific character in in mind. I'm going to talk about. So are, are you excited about that? I am. I'm, I'm very excited about it. I think the, uh, the the WWE version of ECW was a fucking train wreck, but oh. it was. Uh, <laughs> we're on the same page, but. There was like so much potential for what it could have been. Like it was a, it was a, a really good idea at the time, and then they just uh, didn't go anywhere really good with it. And like, there's so many great characters from ECW that could have been like successful in in, in, in WWE, and just it never, it just never happened. So I'm interested to see what you do for for the wrestler who's yet to be revealed, but who is also on the name of this podcast. So like, yeah. You reveal know. in case someone who's is somehow clicked in this podcast episode without uh, reading the title who who are you who are you featuring today that one i'm going to be talking about the sandman mr sandman didn't no, me the, a dream the, da, other, da, da, da. the other the other sandman metallica yes ah i like that's that song. that's why they wrote the song it was about sandman yeah 
Yeah. I thought so. Yeah. That's it. So. Did you see your Alexa there? The fu- <laughs> I was like, was that Bryce? <laughs> Alexa just responded to Sandman. So like, yeah, when you say when you say Sandman, Alexa's like, what? So yeah. Alexa, shut the fuck up. Yeah, that's her tool. She's not saying anything to it. So yeah. Good. Go. All right. So I think you raised a good point there when you talked about how ECW had potential but it never really panned out and i think the part of that was because they saw it as a third developmental brand and they didn't Mm. treat it like ecw now of course they couldn't really treat it like old ecw because times have changed and they don't really want to have that level of like violence and and silliness on on their well not silliness because they put silliness on their show all the fucking time but Mm. They didn't want that level of violence and ex- extremeness and stuff like that. Obviously, it was going to be toned down. So, I mean, I think the ECW brand was great. They just shouldn't have called it ECW because, one, they didn't stick to a lot of the values that traditional ECW had. And mm. two, they didn't use any of the ECW wrestlers in a, a way that would have benefited them and boosted the brand. Because, in my opinion, people would have tuned in who remembered old ECW wanted to see what they were doing with the new one. So if they were smart, they would have catered to both new fans and old fans by having people like Kevin Thorne and Zack Ryder, CM Punk, new characters that people could get behind while also supporting the old fans with guys like RVD and Sabu and the Dudley Boys and people they're familiar with. But instead of that, the ECW originals kind of got forgotten about while the other guys, Tests, and Bobby Lashley and all these guys, they got pushed to the forefront for some reason, you know? So I feel like, I feel like we sh- a guy like the Sandman, who was very well respected in old ECW, didn't get his fair shake when he came to the WWE in 2006 because they didn't treat him like the Sandman. Yeah. But well, do you like, know what it is? Like, do, you know, do you know what I find interesting about Sandman around this time? Like, I think go- going back and... In- in- watching Sandman's matches in the WWE version of ECW like I did in preparation for this podcast like you can tell the guy's like he's in shape a bit he is actually in shape and he's like he's I don't want this to come across a bad way but it's like he's trying you know <laughs> he's well, actually he's- wrestling good matches and like doing um you know just uh, his cardio's clearly not an issue and right just, well that's uh, that's yeah. what I was gonna say like the thing about the Sandman is nobody's going to remember him for being a classic technical wrestler hmm. but he could go like yeah. He had stamina. He could go 20 minutes by, while getting the, the shit kicked out of him. Like He's not wrestling a 20-minute match. He's like falling off shit and getting hit with chairs and all this stuff for 20 minutes. You know, yeah. like more than that. That guy, he can go. You know, he's got stamina. But he's a brawler. Yeah. And there's room to have all those different styles on a show like ECW. And I don't know why they didn't kind of, instead of just like, uh, ignoring him because he didn't do what they wanted to do. They should have done what Paul Heyman always would do, which was to play to somebody's strengths. Paul would, would give them the chance to amplify what they were good at and let him do that because that's how they were going to get over it. They could get over it with the crowd because the crowd could see they were really good at what it was they did. And in ECW, the WWE version, none of the originals got a chance to kind of show what it was they were good at because they were all expected to work like, you know, WWE style, basically. Exactly. Yeah. Which was was not what ECW was about at all. No. So you can, you can see why it wasn't really going to work 
with a lot of the ECW originals. It just wasn't, you know. That that in itself is a problem. It's um, you know, it's WWE ECW, so it's never going to be a letter from ECW. You're you're not going to see like, you know, the Eliminators, for example, you know, come in and do the kind of matches they did, and you're not going to see like these kind of like um, bloody brawls of like Raven and like, for example, Sandman, like the kind of storylines they did there. It's just it's just not going to be the same. Like um, I, I, just uh. Yeah, it's uh, they shouldn't. Uh, to your point, they shouldn't have called it ECW. They should have called it something else because it's just so unrepresentative of what ECW was. And just, I mean, you can tell like Heyman left after like two or three months or something, right? He just couldn't be asked of it, you know. Well, exactly, man. If they'd have called it anything else, people would have dig, you know, they would have remembered it now fondly. Yeah. But because they call it ECW, it's got like a stigma to it that people, you know, they they want to admit that they like it. And I'm like, I liked it. I thought loads of it was great. CM Punk was on the show. Mm. Christian had a great time. You know, even Tommy Dreamer was able, near the end, was able to showcase what he could do, which mm. was super cool because you're like, finally, fucking do something with this guy, you know? Yeah. Tommy Dreamer, I think, is very underrated. Oh, yeah. I think he's a great, he's a good hand to have. You know what I mean? Like, he's a, he's a solid, reliable guy to have on your roster. He's still going to this day as well. Right, and he's still good, I guess, yeah. kind of. <laughs> yeah, is, is he not like Impact or something right now? Or nah, he's doing something. I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you want to hear me talk about the Sandman? I would love to hear you talk about the Sandman. Can you talk about the Sandman, please? Oh, you got it, buddy. For the record, I really love the Sandman. He is. He's such a cool character, though, isn't he? He's just, he is. He's just. Swear to God, like one of my favorite moments of all time. And you know what I'm gonna say, but yes, it's I the do. entrance at one night stand. It's just so good it's just absolutely incredible like just the 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 well the not not the wwe network version but the original version where he comes out to enter sandman just the crowd are singing along and just he does the whole four or five minutes entrance with a song and just it's, a, it's just it's just wrestling man it's just awesome it's, it was just cool yeah it's Right. He's out there, he's fucking drinking beer, he's hitting himself with a candlestick, and it's just like anyone watching that. If, if they're watching wrestling for the first time, they're going to see that guy and think he is a fucking superstar. He is a badass. He is somebody I want to invest my time in kind of thing. Like, I generally think any res- any non-wrestling fan watching that would think that. Why? I think they're going to look at a guy like that and go, that's a re- like that's a guy. He's a fighter. He's he's going into that match to fight somebody. Yeah. Right? Which is a thing that's long since... Now you get kids who are trying to look cool, but they're fucking it up. Mm. Like, dude, the Sandman would bust himself open before he got into the match. <laughs> before he even like got into the arena. <laughs> right, he just hit a can of beer against his head, and then he go, "All right, off to the rest of the match I go." You know, like that yeah. guy had no fear. I but... should also very briefly say that uh, the Sandman kind of recently has gotten into trouble for a lot of the sexist stuff he said because it was that whole like speaking out movement not so long ago. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. And Sandman was he like he wasn't accused of like you know any kind of sexual assault or anything but i can freely admit that he did say some dumbass things about women's wrestling oh man i didn't know he, that well he was just kind of stuff like uh you know women are never gonna be in the main event and i'm like well i don't i mean just because that was true in the 90s doesn't mean that that's true now you know you, you always got to media right right you got to remember guys like that you know he he was around in the early 90s that's when he started so like it's it's hard to shake that mindset do you know what i mean I mean, yeah, I, I don't really agree with that because there's so many other guys that were in the 90s and aren't dicks like that. So, right. Um, I mean, I get it, but shame, also, but, like, yeah. he's, you know, he's fucked up in many other ways. Yeah. So it, it's easy for him to not know what's going on in today's society, right? Yeah, true. 
<laughs> he's, they were, he was probably high when he said that shit. So, yeah. <laughs> you know? Anyway, I just wanted to get that cleared. And that I love the Sandman, but I don't necessarily agree with everything he has to say. Now that that's out of the way. Bit of a cunt, yeah. Well, hey, who isn't, right? Exactly. Anyway, let's let me tell you about the Sandman. How about that? Go for it. So in in real life, Sandman, he started with ECW, which was then known as Eastern Championship Wrestling in 1992, before it was even extreme. They had a couple of uh, champions before it became extreme. And so the Sandman uh, actually won the Eastern Championship Wrestling Heavyweight Championship. I think he beat Don Morocco. And then I think he lost it to Don Morocco as well. And then a few months later, I think, or maybe the year later, Shane Douglas won the championship. He was the NWA champion as well. He threw it away and renamed the Eastern Championship Wrestling Championship as the Extreme (laughs) Championship Wrestling Championship. So now we're all square with that. After that, Sandman went on to win that championship another four times. So he's a five-time, five-time ECW heavyweight champion. He also won the tag titles with Two Cold Scorpio as well. So he's doing pretty good for himself. He was the second last heavyweight ECW heavyweight champion. He won the belt and then uh, Rhino beat him a few moments later on the last show ECW ever did. I love so, Rhino. I do love Rhino. Well, I mean, they're, they're both pretty good. Uh, so that was in 2001. January 2001 was their last show. By April of 2001, ECW now belonged to the WWF slash E as it is now. And they didn't bring Sandman up. We had the invasion and the Sandman wasn't there. Can't imagine why. <laughs> so the Sandman decided to go and work the independence instead because he could do, you know, more of the stuff that he wanted to do. He went to TNA for a little bit. <laughs> That's why he did it. Not because WWE didn't want him. Like, he done oh, no. it so he could do more of the stuff he wanted to do. Yeah. <laughs> of course. I mean, you got it. Like, isn't that always the way? It's yeah. like if they don't pick him, like, well, I didn't want to go there anyway. So, yeah, exactly. Like, it's you fine. can pay me to work for WWE. It's, it's better off this way anyway. I mean, I like TNA better, so <laughs> whatever. That's how he talks. If nobody's heard the Sandman talk, that's, that's, that's a perfect impression. <laughs> Anywho, so then in 2005, the WWE did their one night stand. And then in uh, 2006 i think they did another one night stand and then brought back ecw as a television program this time sandman was on the bill they got him they got the sandman so now shit's gonna go down so in ecw the wwe version of ecw sandman kind of came in and would attack people who weren't really you know well liked by the ecw audience you know if, if somebody was to come over to ECW, like an outsider or, I don't know, a zombie or something like this. <laughs> For example. <laughs> just off the top of my head, if they were to come into the show and people weren't digging it, they would send the Sandman out. He would do his business, hit them with a key and drink some beer, you know, yada, yada. Which, um, you know, is an interesting use of the Sandman. Again, kind of playing to his strengths, really. Because you just let him go out there, drink a beer and hit a guy with the head with a key and easy. I mean, it's the kind of thing... They actually used to do an ECW with a wrestler called 911. Oh, 911. Yeah, he used to come out and just fuck up people, right? Yeah, like if if something was going wrong or the crowd weren't digging it, they would just chant 911 and then 911 would come out and choke slam everybody. And <laughs> That's such a good gimmick. That was it. He would just, like, he was he, dog shit as a wrestler, but he didn't need to wrestle because he, all he had to do was come out and choke slam people. But, but to your point, just there, going back to what you're saying about um, playing him to his strengths, and that's what Paul Heyman was good at, th- this is when Paul Heyman was around. 
he was around at this time for um, for the Sandman, the early days of um, WWE ECW. So at this point, they are playing Sandman to his strengths, and that's exactly. what he should be doing. At this point. So at some point, he starts having a feud with Mike Knox, because Mike Knox... Quarter past ten. A, huh? You don't know that one? Right. What? OSW, like Mike, Mike Knox's pose is like, the, the way his arms are, when he does his pose, it's, it's quarter to ten, or quarter, quarter past ten, sorry. Oh, yeah, like a clock. clock. Yeah. Okay. Shout out to OSW fans. They know what's going on. <laughs> so anyway, Mike Knox and his girlfriend Kelly Kelly. She loves stripping. Who doesn't? And Mike Knox. Well, Mike Knox doesn't. He's like, I don't want my girlfriend stripping all over the show. The Sandman. Turns out he does want Kelly Kelly to go around stripping all over the show. So that's that's where that feud comes from. What the fuck? Sandman, big fan of this. Oh hey, again, who isn't? Right, and here comes Big Daddy V. Oh no, oh, no, no, no! You ruined them. Oh, how could you ruin tits for us? God damn it! He for a while I was like, I think I'm gay now. I can't look at tits anymore. What the hell? <laughs> ah, Big Daddy V. He's like, no. anyway, no, forget that guy. So let me see. Mike Knox ends up teaming with Test to fight Tommy Dreamer and the Sandman. Thrilling stuff. After this, it got a little bit muddier. When they did the ECW originals fighting up against the New Blood, that was at WrestleMania 2007 in the Eight Man Tag Team Match that the originals won in less than eight minutes. So you know it's a quality, you know. Eight Man Tag and Eight Man Tag Team Match with all these violent motherfuckers in it at WrestleMania, and I got less than eight minutes. Oh dear, was it on the pre-show or? No, it was on the main show. Fun fact about this. They redid that six-man tag team match the week after that on ECW on TV with really? the well, yeah, they did they did it again but with a different result. So this time the New Blood won. Mm. Big fucking deal, right? Uh, after that, he was kind of fed to Bobby Lashley. Then he was drafted to Raw for some reason in mid two thousand seven, where he feuded with Carlito and William Regal. Ah, yeah. I remember this. Is yes, it not dude. like a yeah? Was it not like a battle royale for like? Who's going to be the Royal Drug General Manager? Yep. And like, it looks like Sandman's. Am I just telling your story here? (laughs) Well, that's the thing. I remember watching that thinking, wow, Sandman, out of all the people, is doing really well in this fucking thing. And then, you know, William Regal wins it, of course. Sandman won it, right? But then William William, Regal's like hiding under the ring or something, right? Yes. William Regal was still in the match, so he like threw Sandman out. But for a moment, I'm like, why the Sandman? You know what I mean? I'm like, this is to be like the. why would they tease the Sandman? I mean, I thought it was awesome, but I'm like, it's that's what the, that's what our that's what our listeners are thinking right now. Why Sandman? <laughs> right. Well, you, you had literally and every other wrestler to choose. Why Sandman? <laughs> well, well, like pretty. That's what I thought. I'm like, given how you booked Sandman so far, not great. Why would you suddenly like make tease that he's going to be the GM of Raw? Like what? And then after that, they released him not that long after that. So what? Oh, why she- bother? Do you know what else just came to my mind as well? Like he was also the um, in like the final three or four for Vince McMahon's bastard son, if I remember right. Because like I remember the segment. This is like I was watching wrestling unfortunately around this time, and like they done the whole like um, he, here's who it could be kind of thing. Here's who could be your son kind of thing, and like it was Hornswoggle, it was Triple H, and it was Sandman. <laughs> it just, just Triple Sandman. H. Yeah, but he goes out with Vince's daughter. Do- oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah. Turns out it was Hornswoggle, that, that, oh, little, that little bastard, who has now plagued me for like four episodes in a row now. It keeps coming. Keeps coming. Anyway, let's gloss over that. Yeah. 
<laughs> Would you like to hear my rebooking of the Sandman? So you're going to book the Sandman in WWE ECW? Yes. So like 2006 or something, right? Seven, maybe? It's going to be, yeah, 2000, I think it started in about July, August, I think, 2006. Okay. So this is going to go from 2006 to 2007. Let's go for it. Okie doke. So, like I said, I think the problem the WWE had is they didn't utilize the ECW originals properly. They didn't play with their strengths. You know, Sandman's a brawler, but he's not a technical marvel. He's not doing Hurricane Ranas. He's not, like, Kean. You know, <laughs> he's not doing, like, 450 splashes off the Titan Tron into a river. You know, but he can, he can go. He's got stamina. I feel like there was definitely a use for him, especially, like... How Steve Austin ended up being quite a brawler by the end of his kind of um, time in the WWE, like that's you know it's not like um, it's not like it was a new thing, you know. Mm. Um, and William Regal has been known to get in a couple of brawls as well, and also a couple of people that I'm going to mention later on, also well known as brawlers. So you know what I mean? Like the storyline is very easily achievable. So what I think they should have done was establish the ECW originals as big deals right off the bat. That's one thing they didn't do. They made RVD look like a million bucks, and then RVD and Sabu got busted for drugs. And that was the end of the ECW originals, which is a damn shame because RVD obviously is your main guy. You know, he can work with anybody. He can make them look good. He can have great matches. Obviously have RVD as your guy. But like we said before, there were plenty of other guys that they missed. They could have had Rhino, who I think... Mm was in tna but like you know they could have brought ryan in for this they had stevie richards you know favorite of the show we love stevie <laughs> Richards. at least i love stevie richards they had tommy dreamer you know i don't think they had raven at this point but they had they had some of those guys and they just weren't using them as big deals just right? incredible right he was there yeah exactly and he's a former ecw champion but like what do they do with him they don't yeah. fuck all with him so like because mm-hmm. then then if somebody beats say you know mike knox versus just incredible on an episode of ECW TV. Mike Knox, Mike Knox beats Just Incredible in like four minutes. Like who the fuck cares? Like who you know d- doesn't make any difference. Doesn't make either of them look good. It's dumb, right? You need to build these guys up, and then people are gonna care more. Yeah. That way, whenever a guy like CM Punk beats a guy like Just Incredible, if you b- built him up right, then it's a big fucking deal the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. Wrestling. Exactly. Shouldn't be this hard, should it? <laughs> but here we are i mean if you know whatever i mean thank um, god they didn't do that because we wouldn't have a show if they'd done everything right so <laughs> well there's still time there's still time by your mistakes guys so i would have had the sandman come in kind of similar to what they did to begin with i would have rvd as your champion if you want that's fine i would have like tommy dreamer and just incredible stevie richards these guys are like the veterans who work the brand and work against you know the new the new breed and I would have the Sandman as kind of an enforcer guy who would stop any interlopers, say, for example, I don't fucking know, a zombie. from <laughs> Again, for example. <laughs> I mean, I've seen it happen. Um, you know, anybody who's kind of coming into the show when they shouldn't be there. The Sandman's going to be there. He's just going to come out and hit people with a key in, right? Okay. right? So he makes it pretty clear that uh, ECW belongs to the ECW wrestlers, all right? They don't have time for any of this WWE bullshit, okay? Mm. And obviously, it has to be kind of PG. They have to, you know, yada yada. But you can, you can, you can make it seem like it's still ECW 
you can push the boundaries. You can, you know, get to the edge there. You can toe the line without going over it mm-hmm. and still making it seem more edgy than Raw and SmackDown, you know? So, for a little while, the Sandman is seen as the ECW enforcer. Nobody messes with the brand because they're all hardcore and they'll all beat you up and they're going to start with a Sandman. So, like, do you really want to have to go through all that shit? That's going to be... It's a big deal. You know what I mean? At some point in 2006, Sandman's you know, making these appearances. He's not doing a whole lot. He's turning up, popping the crowd. He's beating up people. He doesn't like letting people go home happy. But, of course, this is 2006. The new brand has popped up, ECW. We're in the middle of, you know, the draft and different brands. One thing that I don't think they played up enough, and they only seem to play it up come fucking Survivor Series, is brand wars. They only bring it up once or twice a year. But I think if there's a new brand turning up, ECW, I would imagine the other two would have something to say about that, right? Mm. So SmackDown decided to flex their muscles a little bit because there's a bit of a brand split going on. They're supposed to be in competition with each other. SmackDown aren't happy that ECW has just popped up with a bunch of quote-unquote, you know, garbage wrestlers, you know, indie guys, ballroom fucking fucks. (laughs) (laughs) That one, that one didn't get on the air. (laughs) You know, Vince is screaming at Michael Cole, like, call him ballroom fucking fucks. (laughs) And Michael Cole's like, I don't think I could say that one. (laughs) But, you, you know, stuff like that, obviously. So, and on SmackDown, they had a couple of, they have a couple of grip brawlers on their side. In 2006, Fit Finley, my favorite, Fit Finley, Belfast boy, was aligned with, yeah, exactly, he's one of my boys, you know, Um, I've been to his house many times, he's never there. (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah, he lives in a Never let you in, right? Yeah, I'm like, come on, man, I just want to chat. You think at least once, but yeah. (laughs) Ah, lazy prick. Don't, I hope he doesn't hear this because he would beat the fuck out of me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he would kill me. Um, as we're about to go on to. So in 2006, Finley was aligned with King Booker as mm. part of the, the King's Court. But that kind of died off around the end of 2006. Okay. So bear that in mind. Okay. Um, and at this point, JBL had retired to do commentary for SmackDown. But he came back to the ring a little bit in 2007. So bear that in mind, too. So here we are in mid to late 2006. So we've seen, okay, we're at the late 2006 because so far Sandman has been coming in, doing his business, flexing his own muscles and proving that he's somewhat of a big deal on the ECW. He doesn't even have to fight for the championship because he's the Sandman. You get me? So he's just kind of making examples out of the other guys. He is the brand, basically. He is ECW. He basically is. I mean, when you think of ECW, I think he's one of the wrestlers you would think of. Oh, yeah. 100%. He represents it perfectly. I'm like, that's yeah. that's exactly what ECW was. It was yeah. a fucking mess, but it was beautiful. That's the Sandman. What we're going to do is have an episode of ECW around the beginning of 2007. Okay? The Sandman is doing what he does. He's guarding ECW. He's kind of having a good time. His attention is drawn out to the parking lot where it's been rumored some of those punks from Raw were hanging out and making making faces at the wrestlers. Sandman's not, he's not happy about this. So he goes outside to the parking lot, but there's nobody there. Mm-hmm. He tries to get back in, but the doors to the building have been locked from the inside. Uh. Shit, dude. He forgot his keys. What's he going to do? So inside, this is near the end of the show. Everybody's tired. They've all been wrestling. They've had, you know, they've been doing their jobs. 
it's a, it's a long night. We're getting to the end of the night. Suddenly, who turns up? Fucking Finley and JBL. Oh, no. They spread a rumor about Raw being outside to throw them, the SmackDown dudes, off the scent. They turn up, and because everybody's kind of tired and, and, and fatigued and stuff like this, and JBL and Finley have chairs, that's also a factor. They end up just kind of beating the fuck out of a lot of the guys in the ECW locker room. And Sandman's in the parking lot. What can he do about it? You know, eventually JBL and Finley get away before anybody can do too much damage to them. Like they've made they've made their statement. They fired the first shot. They attacked ECW because they're a bunch of outlaw wrestling mud show goofs, as Jim Cornette would say. <laughs> oh, is that what he said? <laughs> that is literally a direct quote from Jim. I'm, I'm not surprised at all. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, that's not about ECW, I think. Although I'm sure he would say that about ECW. If you if you if you if you said that line and asked me to guess who said it, I, w- I would have immediately said Jim Cornette. hundred percent, Jim Cornette. <laughs> so the next week on SmackDown, Finley and JBL are pretty fucking pleased with themselves. They're walking around bragging about how they beat up BCW, talking about a great job they did, how clever and smart they are. They're really tough. They took on a whole locker room by themselves. You know, forgetting the fact that they attacked whenever most of the guys were like had left the arena or were beaten up. And one of them was locked outside, and then they had chairs, and they got out before they could get any revenge out on them. They left that bit out. Mm. They didn't talk about that bit, but they talked about the bit where they hit somebody over the head with a chair. They're very, very proud of themselves. They're not even scared of any ECW retaliation. And funny enough, on that episode of SmackDown, nothing happens. Finley is an active wrestler at the moment. J- JBL is kind of like a commentator, basically. But he didn't mind going to ECW to wreck shop. He was very happy with that. Okay, As he's done before. ECW don't do anything on that episode of SmackDown. And SmackDown think we got away with it. You see that? We fired the first shot. No retaliation. We're the fucking kings. We can get on of our lives, basically. Exactly. Let's, let's attack Raw. You know, let's do that. So then, the next episode of ECW, Sandman is nowhere to be seen. Anywhere. The whole episode. But by his locker... In the backstage is uh, a little note that says "Gone Keening," along with a, <laughs> along with a little crushed can of beer, and everybody's like, "Okay, I think we know what this means. <laughs> we can see where this is going." So, in the following episode of SmackDown, Fitz Finley is backstage in his locker room when he sees a big crate of beers. What a lovely gift from JBL to give him a big crate of beers after the fine work they did a few weeks ago on ECW. So, Finley starts to drink the beers. Unfortunately, though, those beers aren't for him. <laughs> Who could the beers be for? Bryce, you want to guess? Uh... Stone Cold. <laughs> 2007? Yes. On SmackDown? <laughs> yes. You know what? Listen, I don't want to break your dreams, dude, but it, it was not Steve Austin. <sighs> Only you're not a million miles away. Because, you know, Sandman was doing this in ECW before Steve Austin was. He was. Yeah. You know Steve Austin was in ECW for a bit? Do you remember this? A very short period of time. He was cutting promos and Eric Bischoff and stuff, right? Yeah. He was going to win the ECW Heavyweight Championship. They put yeah. the belt on uh, Mikey Whipwreck. I think uh-huh. he lost... He, he, Sandman lost the belt to Mikey Whipwreck, I believe. And the plan was for Whipwreck to be like a, um, you know, a temporary champion. And Steve Austin was going to win the belt off mm. Mikey Whipwreck. 
And that was the plan. However, WWE got their hooks in and they pinched Steve Austin right before he was supposed to win the belt. Mm. So they just give it back to Sandman. Mm. There's a there's a really good shoot somewhere on, on YouTube where Sandman says, except for the first time, every other time that he won the belt was just because of an accident because somebody left or because somebody got hurt or something like <laughs> he was never supposed to be the champion more than once but because he was over with the crowd and somebody else died they were like all right here we go and he was like i don't fucking care <laughs> it's sandman time yeah <laughs> he's a fucking what a guy so anyway it's uh, the beers are for the sandman so the fit finley hears a thump from behind him he turns around to see a security guard just being thrown on the ground and the sandman it's pointing the key in Singapore key in right at his fucking head. So what, what would you do at that point? What, what would I do at that point? Yeah. If the Sandman, if you were drinking the Sandman's beers and uh, you saw the Sandman pointing a Singapore key in at your head, what are you going to do? I would shit myself. Uh, that's not what Finley did. No. They have a brawl through the entire arena. Well, like that's so. different between me and Finley. Right. <laughs> you would have shit yourself and then brawled with him. Because <laughs> that would have that would have thrown him off. He'd be like, "I didn't see this coming." For like three seconds before he kicked my ass. Yeah, everything <laughs> smells like shit. I can't fight this guy. <laughs> it's a great technique. Yeah. So these two guys are fighting all the way through, like the whole show, all the way backstage, everywhere. The end of the show comes. They fight like down the entrance ramp. They're brawl. They've been brawling for like two hours. They fight all the way down the entrance ramp. The show is about to end, but JBL can see them coming towards him. He's a little bit concerned because he's been doing commentary all night. He hasn't been backstage. He hasn't seen the Sandman. He was very happy to be away from the Sandman. He thought this was all over and done with. Now he sees the Sandman brawling with Finley and they're coming towards him. He's like, shit, dude. So he kind of jumps up, tries to help out his friend Finley. And that's kind of how the show goes off the air that week. Okay. Just the three of them scuffling. I think bro, yeah. Yeah, so now we're back on ECW the next week. Sandman comes out. He's pissed. He cuts a, a big old, you know, a big old promo about how ECW was his house. You know, he helped build it. He's not about to let two chuckle fucks like Finley and JBL get in the way of any of that shit. <laughs> you fire a shot at ECW, you better shoot straight. Otherwise, there will be re repercussions. And the Sandman is the one to fucking make you pay that bill. You know what I, I mean? Like I like that line. Which one? The shoots be better shoot straight. I like that. I really like that too. I'm so proud of myself for that. Yeah. <laughs> Give myself a little pat in the back. Thank you. Yeah. So last week on SmackDown, it took two people to stop him. You know what I mean? Two people yeah. against one person. That shows you how much of a machine he is. Yeah. Two big He's guys as well, like Finley and JBL. Exactly. They're two fucking, you know, you wouldn't want to mess with those guys in a fight. Salman doesn't give a fuck. He's straight in there. Mm. So they made a big mistake, not him. They made a big mistake. <laughs> no, SmackDown, you're like, we should probably stop. You know, th this this war that we got ourselves into has backfired spectacularly. SmackDown don't want to attack anybody. They're kind of like Finley and, and JBL, this is on you. <laughs> this <laughs> is not to do with SmackDown. <laughs> we don't want to be responsible for any of this. We don't want the Sandman coming after us. So now JBL and Finley are like, all right, we got to fucking, we're going to have to finish this ourselves. JBL, again, can kind of hide behind the fact that he's a commentator. He's like, I can't get involved. I'm commentating. I'm a businessman. So this leads to Finley versus the Sandman at the Royal Rumble 2007. So we got kind of your brand supremacy is on the line. And we're going to have a good old-fashioned Belfast brawl. Do you know mm -hmm. what that is? It is, uh, 
Did they have it once and it's just like a little kind of like Irish kind of like weapons? Am I right? It's just a hardcore match. It's a hardcore match, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, he finally the... had his own little, um, what the fuck was it? Shillelagh, is that right? Yeah, Shillelagh is more of a, of a Southern Ireland thing, but since it's oh. really all the same country, it's like, yeah, it's basically the same thing. Anyway, we have a big Belfast brawl, which is a hardcore match. And one thing you shouldn't do, my friend, challenge the Sandman to a hardcore match. Hmm. So these two guys beat the shit out of each other, as you would imagine. It's a big old fuck-off brawl. Yeah. Like, it, it is tough. But you know what? Because the Sandman, he's pretty good with weapons, he ends up getting the win, and he beats Fit Finley. Well-respected brawler, Fit Finley, had a pretty good career in WCW. And at this point in the WWE, uh, he was a former United States champion. So, you know, big deal to beat Finley right there. Because uh, Finley's well-known for his brawling. Yeah. So that's pretty pretty impressive. Now, after the Royal Rumble, this, the Sandman sets his eyes on JBL. He's not happy that JBL is avoiding fighting him as a commentator. But JBL, he's not budging. He's like, I'm not a wrestler. Sandman says, you used to be a wrestler. You know, he's trying to goad him. He's like, what happened to you, man? What are you, a pussy hmm. or something? Because the Sandman would totally call him a pussy. I don't know if you can say pussy on... Uh, Smackdown in the PG era in that context I, you know you can call him a cunt yes that's much better yeah a fucking prick yeah a uh, 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 scaredy pants except yeah don't, no whoa 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 I forgot you're a man of religion I'm so sorry this is a PG podcast dude. <laughs> well that sucks because I've swore like a billion times already. <laughs> so you're going to have a fun time bleeping that shit out and there it is again there's another one <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure every episode is marked as explicit on Apple Podcasts at the moment <laughs> explicitly great am I yeah. right I don't, I don't know what that means no I mean never um, anyway so Sandman is really trying to go JBL and the fight him you know he's saying that Finley was the one doing all the work but JBL's the one doing the strings because he's a coward JBL won't rise to the bit because he's a professional. So eventually, Sandman turns up on an episode of SmackDown and pours beer all over the inside of JBL's limo and he smashes up the windows and shit. Remember his mm. big limos? Remember them? I do. He came out with his big limo and he yeah. had like, his, his cabinet with like Orlando Jordan and other people. Jillian Hall. Jillian Hall with the face. Yeah. Uh, Basham Brothers, I think. Was the Basham Brothers there? I think that was the JBL saying. Fashion Bros were not with JBL. No way. I don't fucking remember. I don't know. I'll, I'll, look, I'll look that up. You, you continue. I, I, don't I, look I don't it up. It. Listen to my story. Okay, I'll, I'll do both. Don't do this, the other one. <laughs> do the listening. <laughs> don't one. listen to your story, okay? <laughs> I don't story. anyway, so. Listen to the story first and then correct me later. Alright, okay. Um, so, yeah, the Saman just beats the shit out of JBL's limo and JBL's like, you went too far this time, punk. It's on. We're going to have a match at No Way Out. So this is 2007. No Way Out 2007. They have a big old brawl in as well. But then after a little bit of mistimed interference by Fit Finley, the Sandman beats JBL. Oh. So there you go. That's right, folks. The Sandman beats former WWE heavyweight champion JBL. Which sounds pretty good. But then whenever you say that Sandman is a five-time heavyweight champion in his own right, it's not, you know, it makes sense. So now JBL and Fit Finley are pretty fucking pissed off. So this comes into this turns into like a game of tit for tat, you know. Each of them turning up on the other one's show to try and fucking embarrass them or make them look stupid. So, for example, JBL and Finley get some of Sandman's beer and they throw it into a river. Mm. So, um, to get back at them, the Sandman 
locks Hornswoggle in the boot of JBL's limo and drives it into a wall. You know, mm. that kind of thing. Tit for tat to really get. So you can see that at, things are escalating between the two, the two groups. So we get to WrestleMania 2007, and we're going to have a handicap match between Fit Finley and JBL against the Sandman. Once again, third month in a row, crazy ass bloody brawl. And this one's bloody. They're really knocking three shades of hell out of each other. By the end of it, you know, it, he puts up a good fight, but the numbers game is just a bit too much for him. There's two guys, and the two guys are fucking JBL and Fit Finley, right? Yeah. Those guys hit really hard. So I think it's understandable that this time, you know, Sandman might have fallen at the final hurdle, but that was, you know, two out of three peer reviews. He was on top, so he did pretty well for himself. And JBL and Fit Finley, despite being very selfish and, and self-absorbed, they also can recognize, you know, toughness. The two mm. of them understand a tough bastard. So they acknowledge that while neither of them care much for ECW, especially JBL, not a big fan of ECW, they uh, both can acknowledge that the Sandman can fight. And then he took them both to the limit. So they kind of share a beer, I guess. Maybe not directly after the match, but, you know. Eventually. There's, there's a uh, grudging respect between the three of them. So now okay. we've got the Sandman. You know, we've had him as an enforcer for the entire brand of ECW. Now we've had him fight against proper brawlers like Finley and, and JBL, who are, you know, decent names at that point in the WWE. And they're well known for brawling. So you're going to get the best out of the Sandman with that kind of potential. He took those guys to their limits, so that shows you what he can do. It's a perfect showcase of like his skills and what he can do. And mm. um, so now you've got the Sandman looking like a like a fucking million bucks, right? He doesn't have to win a billion championships to look like a, a killer. Yeah. All he has to do is look like a legit fucking fighter, a guy who just fights, and that's what he does. He's done up to this point. Mm -hmm. So you know, JBL and Finley go back and do whatever it is they do, and from here you can have like now. For example, if somebody was to beat the Sandman on ECW, well, we've just seen what the Sandman has gone through. You know, it's it's like the old Mick Foley kind of equation. Like, if you can beat Mick Foley, like, you have to beat the fuck out of him. Yeah. The Undertaker had to throw him off a cell twice. It's not going to be easy. Yeah. And that didn't stop him. Like, you have to, like, so if you do beat Mankind or the Sandman, then you've earned it. So that's the kind of route I was going to go down. Uh, with the Sandman. Give him a little bit of credibility. And then that way, once he's got that credibility, you can use him to build up the other ECW stars. So this is what, the first half of 2007. There's plenty of time for him to work with guys like John Morrison and CM Punk. You know what I mean? So that's it. That's the story. I love it, man. I, I, I love it. I love how you start with like Sandman as the enforcer, like almost like you have to like earn his respect to be allowed to, re be, allowed to be wrestling in ECW, you know? And like... It is a perfect way to play him. Like he is ETW, and 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 like you said, like you're playing him to his strengths, which is what Heyman did. You know, he's a he's a brawler, he's an ass kicker, so you know he brawls and kicks ass. It makes sense to put him against like big bastards like Fit Finley and JPL and just brawl with them and like like I I, I like that whole storyline. The whole getting Sandman locked out out the building to to build up the fact that Sandman really wanted to kick their ass, and then he brawling the ball for them and being as close to kind of. ECW Sandman as you can get with the beer and stuff like that and like I, I like how you ended up with a handicap match as well like you had um, you had Sandman lose which is realistic you know it, it would be it would be easy for us to just say in our in our making kayfabe stories like yeah the guy the guy wins every fucking match and this is how you book him like <laughs> yeah 
sometimes you sometimes guys need to lose and like it's just it's the way you do it that matters like although Sandman lost in the handicap match to JBL he got beat by JBL and and who did I say sorry JBL and Fit Finlay and he got beat by those two guys who then kind of um expressed their respect for him afterwards so you know, exactly, it, it, like you know, big bloody brawl, and like you've made you've made Sandman look like a badass, and and that'll carry him well for wherever he goes next. So yeah, really exactly. well story. Like, that's the thing, you know, like him, you know, he he get, by WrestleMania, yeah, of course he would lose the handicap match, but like he's already beaten them, you know, in the in the months before that, so he's got that momentum on his side. He can take a loss like that, you know. Yeah. And but also it makes sense from like a logical point of view. Like, well, obviously these two guys would beat this one guy. You know, if you were just looking at it from a an outsider's point of view, but you could still during the the match, the story would be told that the Sandman still put up a hell of a fight. So if you were an outsider looking in, you could understand that match and the story they're telling, and you you it would all make sense. Sandman yeah. wouldn't to that guy. The Sandman wouldn't look bad for losing. You know what I mean? It all makes sense. It all makes is, sense, which like, is why they would never do it in real life. Which is why we have making kayfabe. <laughs> exactly. So you guys are blessed. Yeah. Blessed, I say, that we are here to enlighten you with our wonderful storylines about the Sandman and other people. For example, Mordecai, last week's episode. Go back and listen to that if you haven't already. It's oh, yeah. a good one. And then come back and listen to this one again. It's still good. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Well, it's about to get better. Let's put it Uh-oh. that way. As good Uh-oh. as my Sandman story was, Bryce, I have a feeling that you're going to be able to come up with a better storyline off the top of your head. That's what I think. Is it time for KFF Tombola? It is time, my friends, for everybody's favorite part of the show, except for the bit where we talk about Viscera. It is... (laughs) (laughs) It's KFF Tombola! Yay! Basically, what KFF Tombola is, it's a little game me and Bryce play. We take in turns every week to uh, challenge each other to come up with new storylines within one minute bryce is gonna have one minute to come up with a storyline i'm gonna he's gonna pick from some random wrestlers and scenarios he will have one minute to run through the whole thing off the top of his head it is a whole lot of fun i gotta say i love the kayfabe tempolas and i've got some interesting storylines and wrestlers for you to pick from you're gonna pick numbers one to four for the wrestlers and then a to d for the scenarios okay, okay. do you want me to pick Hey, dude, take all the time you need. Uh, let me take... Give me give me two. Uh, give me two... B. Two B. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I don't like that reaction. <laughs> all right, let me tell you what you could have had. You Who could have had? This is what you could have won, my friend. You could have had another friend of the show, Bart Gunn. Oh, don't him again. Missed eye on him. You could have had Lash LaRue, <laughs> who we briefly mentioned, I think, on the Sean O'Hare episode. We did, Jay. We brought him up briefly, yeah. Very, very briefly. You could have had The Undertaker. Oh! I thought I would throw him in there with Bart Gunn. <laughs> oh, similar, similar, like, legends like Lash LaRue and fucking well, like, Bart you think, Gunn. You think they were legends. You're left with one man, my friend. You have selected Sean Stasiak. Oh, it gets better, my friend. So here are the scenarios. These are the ones that you you missed out on. You could have had he becomes the governor of Minnesota. Because <laughs> that's what uh, Jesse the Body Ventura did. Yep. And if he can do it, I fucking love Jesse the Body Ventura, by the way. 
<laughs> what a dude. But he could It's off the table anyway. Doesn't matter. You could have picked... He becomes unexpectedly famous outside of the WWE for doing something on TikTok. Right. Which I, by the way, would have fucking loved to hear you come up with that with Sean Stasiak. Like, what the fuck? But you could have had... He starts a rival company to the WWE. Can you imagine Sean Stasiak starting up All Elite Wrestling? <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine him as the first TNT champion? Yes. <laughs> I would love that. I miss that guy. But <laughs> fortunately for us, you are going to come up with a scenario for Sean Stasiak and based around Sean Stasiak becoming romantically involved with Stephanie McMahon. Oh, no. Triple H is going to be pissed. You have one minute to do this. Are you ready for me to hit the timer? I'm fucking not, no. I'm not to be involved with Stephanie McMahon. <laughs> Stephanie McMahon, she wears a mounty hat and she is on a horse. Like a mounty. All oh, right, she's a policeman, right? <laughs> what else did I say in the mounty one? Know, let me tell you more about the maple syrup match anyway. We can go into it. <laughs> Stephanie McMahon reveals she's Canadian. Right. <laughs> anyway. Enough, okay. st- enough stalling. Right. I'm going to count you down from three, and then I'm going to press Oof. start. My phone has a little alarm, so it'll beep whenever the time's up. So okay, you might, cool. be, you might be able to hear that, okay? So I'm going to count you down. Are you ready? No. Excellent. That's what I, that is exactly what I wanted to hear. Here we go. <laughs> three, two, one. Sean Stasiak becomes romantically involved with Stephanie McMahon. Go. Okay, so Stephanie McMahon is uh, she's having she's having back pains, right? She she's not um, you know she's not yourself. She's not feeling too great. One thing I seem to remember with Sean and Stasiak is that after wrestling, he did become a chiropractor. Yes. So I don't know why that stuck in my mind, but he comes in, he gives Stephanie McMahon a big old you know um, readjusting back massage and all of that, and like Triple H walks in and he's like, "What the fuck's going on here, guys?" And Stephanie McMahon's like, "I'm just just getting a massage. Don't worry about it." And then eventually it it it, 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 it falls into Stephanie McMahon becoming you know, enjoying these backstage massages more and more. And, you know, at this point, you know, Sean Stasiak's got this whole kind of gimmick where he's like Planet Stasiak. And Stephanie Mann's like, you know, I've not ever heard of Planet Triple H, you know. So, you know, eventually <laughs> she just like gets really into Planet Stasiak. She, she becomes a resident of Planet Stasiak. And that is how you get Sean Stasiak romantically involved with Stephanie McMahon. Five seconds. And, and it's good story. That's it. I'll take that. There we go. It's that's it. So there you go. And it's good story. Bryce Getcher 2020. I, I I didn't know what to why do you give me the worst fucking names? Like the Mountie? Sean Stasiak? You don't you don't remember Sean Stasiak? I do oh, I do a little bit. Like, I knew yeah, obviously he was a chiropractor and like I know Planet Stasiak was one of these gimmicks, so like Yeah. But like, hey, what else is there to him? <laughs> you did pretty good, considering. Because you got the chiropractor thing and everything. You know, that makes sense. See how quick you were able to combine all that shit together? But I don't know I don't know where I heard it as a chiropractor. It just yeah, he is, stuck yeah. in my mind. Sean Stasiak, chiropractor. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> that makes sense. So he would want to, you know, help by Stephanie McMahon like that. And Stephanie would like that. She'd be like, Triple H doesn't rub me like this. Yeah. Triple H, like, I would, I, I would if you, if you, I knew you liked it. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, then uh, he, he, he Sean Stasiak versus Triple H at WrestleMania. 
Yeah, that's like a main event right there, isn't it? <laughs> a fucking Iron Man match goes on for an hour. Yeah. Then it's we, a draw, so they have to go with like sudden death. So it's like we can't hour. be the only person who's fought with this, you know. That's that's a a common a common dream match for a lot of people, I think. Well, I don't want to spoil Bryce's tease for next week, but I have a feeling it's gonna be about Sean Stasiak. <laughs> that's the rest of the season now. The next what four, four or five episodes left in the season or something? They're just like, all. All Sean Stasiak. All Stasiak, yeah. All, all Stasiak everything, yeah. All Stasiak all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Making Stasiak. Oh, my goodness. Yes, all right. So that's pretty much the show, I think. Uh, yeah. I liked it. I liked your, your tombola. I thought that came out really well. I liked your standbats, though. It's very good. Thank you very much, Bryce. What a sweet thing to say. You know, you're, you're a very, very nice man. I do what I can. Well, it, it, it's very much appreciated. So if you guys also enjoyed the show, if you liked listening to the Tombolas or the Sandman story or any of the other stuff we've done, we've done a lot of podcasts so far. They're all available up on your favorite podcast site. Let's search for Making Kayfabe. Feel free to get in touch with us if you dug the storylines or if you've got any suggestions yourself for any Kayfabe Tombolas. We'd love to hear them because sometimes Bryce doesn't like getting Sean Stasiak. Give so <laughs> me someone to, better than Sean Stasiak, Why don't you try like... to suggest somebody even worse than Sean Stasiak so that later on Bryce will go, boy, I miss Sean Stasiak. I just, want, this... I just want to point out, like, three of my four choices in that KF Tombola were fucking like Lash LaRue, Sean Stasiak, and Bart Gunn. Well, can what I, is that? Can I, can, I, <laughs> can I, for the sake of reference, give you what your, your choices were the last time? Uh, uh, really one of them quick, was the Mountie. <laughs> the, the Mountie, Viscera, Jillian Hall, and friend of the show, the ECW Zombie. Much better. Why would you have done the ECW Zombie becomes romantically involved with Stephanie McMahon? Well, it's funny you mentioned that, Dom, because the ECW Zombie was actually also a chiropractor who, uh, you know, has his own planet. <laughs> <laughs> planet ECW Zombie. That's what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mercy. <laughs> Anyway, if you guys enjoyed any of this, give us a little thumbs up, a five star. Really appreciate it. It helps the show and enables us to make more shows for you guys because that's what we do. We do it because we love it and we do it because you guys want to hear it. So that's what we're going to do. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Making Kayfabe and drop us a line at makingkfabe at gmail.com if you want to chat about wrestling or give us some suggestions. That's how you can reach us. So, yeah, thank you very much for listening, guys. I don't know what you want to say at the end, Bryce. I would just like to say goodbye. Yes, we're going to say goodbye for this episode. But thank you very much for listening, guys. Make sure to check us out in the next episode. You're going to love it. I promise you. So for us, I'm making Cape Fabe. We're going to see. <laughs> we're going to say we'll see you later. Take care, guys. Goodbye. We love you. We love you all. I'm going to eat every one of you. Every single. What? What? <laughs>